0: Hi, my name is Kim Rajit Pooni and I am Head Girl of the Heathen School. During this pandemic, we have had less opportunity to speak with different employers, which is why me and the school officers decided to create a student's life. We will be hearing from inspiring former students who were in our shoes once upon a time. We will learn about their career journeys and life lessons in hope to educate students about the different career opportunities and show that there's not always one set way to a career. We do hope you enjoy this episode and the other episodes to come. Hello and welcome to the Heathen School podcast. My name is Kimrinji Poonie and I am a year 13 student. I'm currently studying biology, chemistry, psychology. I'm also doing an EPQ and I'm hoping to go into dentistry in the, dentistry in the future. Hi, my
1: name is Kashama, and I'm also in year 13. I'm currently studying maths, further maths, economics and
0: chemistry and have applied to a range of mathematics courses. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at our experiences from GCSEs to now, and we really want to just give you some advice. So, Kashama, how did you revise for your GCSEs, and how did you know what worked for you? Well, during the course of GCSEs, we were given many mocks in which I got really different
1: grades. I soon figured out that for science, flashcards worked a lot better for me, and for subjects like history and computer science, which is more information-dense, mind maps worked a lot better. Uh, and for math, it was mainly me doing a lot of application through exam questions, and that really helped me get a high grade. In fact, questions would actually be useful for all the subjects that you do. Um, what about you, Kim? What has your GTSI revision experience been like?
0: So I totally agree with what has been said so far. Um, if I take math and history, uh, mind maps wouldn't work for math as it's more application, whereas history, you need, just need to know the knowledge. Um, also look at mocks for a way to improve and not something to get disheartened by you know look at your mocks find your mistakes and act upon them and see how you can improve I believe I constantly got fives in my history mocks but when I found the correct revision methods, which was using mind maps and then also doing questions I ended up with a seven
1: yeah early so if we move on a little bit ahead from GCSEs and go to A levels Kim how did you decide what subject Uh, to choose for A-levels
0: and what process went through your mind while deciding? The first thing I kind of did was look at what I did best in, what my highest grades were, which were in biology and chemistry. You then look at whether you enjoy the subjects. I relatively enjoyed biology and chemistry. You know, I didn't hate being in the lessons and it was something that really intrigued me. Um, The next thing you need to know is what your university looks for. So if you know what you want to do in the future, you look at your university, your courses and what the A-level requirements are. If the subjects are something that you do not enjoy, then that's obviously a major point to that you're not going to enjoy the, fu- the, the career in the future, because it will have something to do with those subjects that you do in A-levels. So definitely biology and chemistry were the two subjects I was going to do. And for the third one, it was a big debate because I was stuck between history, politics, sociology and psychology. To narrow it down, I just looked at the specification and the A-level booklet that the school gave. And I found that psychology really called out to me. You know, learning about the brain was more interesting to me than learning about how society works, for example. So I chose psychology as my third A-level. I also looked at EPQ, which was something I knew I wanted to do so I could gain um, a wider reading around my course, Um, so dentistry. Um, So that was something that I definitely did want to do. And I kind of already knew that before I started my A-level, like started at... Before I started picking my a level subjects, um Kashama, I know your um a level route was slightly different to mine because you took on a sub another subject later on. um would you like to explain your experience? Yeah, so I did everything Kim
1: just talked about and I took everything into consideration as well. so from day one, I was sure that I really wanted to take math as it was something that I enjoyed, but it was something that I was also good at um which is something Kim said she looked at when deciding to. I further decided to take economics as it was something I had never done before. And I thought it would be something interesting to learn, which it has proved to be. Chemistry, it doesn't have any relevance to my future degree or career that I want to pursue, which is the banking or finance sector. But it is something that I really enjoy. So I knew that if I enjoyed, I would be able to do well in it. So I picked chemistry as well. Later, I realized that maths was something I wanted to do at uni. So I looked at it and I researched it and I realized, well, I would need further math for, for that. So I had to take on the fourth a fourth A-level further math. And I did that fairly late into year 12, which meant I had to do it externally as a private candidate, which came with its own struggles. But it also means I can work on it at my own pace. So Kim, you mentioned you do EPQ. I don't think many people would know what that is, as it's not a very popular
0: subject. Do you want to explain what it is and what your EPQ is about? Yeah, sure. Um, I can definitely explain my EPQ because this is not something I knew about until I saw my A-level subject booklet. Um, I didn't even know it was a thing in my GCSEs. Essentially, it's an extended piece of writing that's about 5,000 words, and you look at something that's not in your specification or that you don't study in your a- three A-level subjects. Um, so for example, I chose robotics and dentistry because it allows me to have a wider reading of my future course that I want to do in university. But it was also something I was really interested in. You know, you hear about robotics in the real world but you don't really hear about it in, um, you know, dentistry, maybe in like medicinal careers such as surgery, but I've never really heard about robots being used for your teeth. Um, So I think this was quite helpful because it helped me, it would help anyone actually to prepare um, your life into university it teaches you to stay organised and, you know, you may actually have to write a 5,000 word essays in three weeks rather than two years when you're in university. So it allows you to find a pace before you actually do your university homeworks or whatever they're called. And it will definitely improve your time management. On that note, Sharma, how did you manage your time during year 12 and what helped you meet the five hours of independent study required for each subject? Yeah, so
1: the jump from GCSE to A-level was was quite large. And it was something that a lot of people told me prior to going into sixth form, but it still shocked me um, a lot. And you will soon realize how big the jump is when you all go into sixth form. Uh, I think the predominant reason for this would be the fact that you're so much more independent and you're just expected to be more responsible with your time. You'll have so much free time on your hands due to having free periods which at the start I did use as time to relax or time to hang out with friends, as I'm sure Kim and many others did too. However, you need to realize that this time isn't for you to relax, it's for you to study and to do your work. If you allocate subjects for each day or each period you have, it will be a lot easier to achieve five hours per subject that you are expected to do. Additionally, of course, teachers are going to be there, but it's your responsibility to go out and take the initiative to find the extra work to do and go to the teacher if you do not understand it. They will be more than happy to help. I think Kim would agree with what I have said and may even have some things to add to that.
0: A hundred percent. I actually timetable my day using a notebook that's solely dedicated to schoolwork. So for example I write down Monday, so if it's the Monday's date, um, I'll say I have um, school from nine o'clock to three ten and I'll give myself about an hour break after school to um, just relax you know give myself a break from you know we just had school Um, do whatever I need to do that's not involving school work maybe I go on a walk or ride my bike for example and then I'll start my homework or independent study around 4 30. Um, on my notebook I'll say that I'll have an hour to do biology and what I'm going to do as well I often find it hard to find what I'm actually going to do during that hour so I always pre-plan that so I'm not sitting there for the 10 minutes working out what I'm actually going to do then I give myself another break and then I'll write again, do an hour of chemistry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Something that I found really helpful was timing my homework. So I use the app Engross, which has a stopwatch feature to time my homework, and then I label it as biology homework, so it's always kept on my phone. And if a homework took one hour and thirty minutes to do, for example, then technically I only have three hours and thirty minutes of independent study to do. Essentially tracking your time is very important because you'll know you you know what you're doing and then how long you're doing it for.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Time tracking is incredibly important at sixth form. Um, Along with that, another challenge that came along with managing time in sixth form was our UCAS application. And both of our UCAS applications have now been sent off and we are now hearing from universities. Uh, Kim, perhaps you could share your UCAS experience and hardships that came with it.
0: Yeah, so my UCAS experience would have been slightly different to Kashama's and many of you people listening right now, because I was applying for the early deadline, which was October 15th, I believe. And I was applying to dentistry, as I said before. Um, So it started off with an entrance exam, the UCAT. We were quite lucky that we didn't have AS exams. So I would suggest that you revise for your UCAT around um, from the end of school, so around mid-June to the beginning of August. And then you can book your test for mid-August. This means you still have plenty of time to actually have a summer and then you can book experience too. So you can get some work experience in whatever career you want to do. I personally left this too late. So I didn't um, sit my UCAT exam until September, which obviously clashed with my mocks when I came back. Which is obviously the worst thing you could do. So, definitely give yourself enough time to revise for any entrance exam that you have to do. I would also recommend that you start everything for your UCAS application early. Um, So, for example, your personal statement, so you can redraft it as many times as you want. Because I sat my UCAT so late and then I had mocks as well, I actually ended up writing my personal statement a week before it was due. This is obviously not the best circumstances to be in, and I only redrafted it about four times. Obviously, that's not that bad, but it's better to get it redrafted more. And remember not to show too many teachers because you could get um, really confused because the advice could be very different. So I only ended up showing two teachers, which was my UCAT advisor and my biology teacher as they kind of knew what I was doing and they know more about the course than, for example, my chemistry teacher. Um. So, Kashama, obviously I said that our UCAS experiences were slightly different. Would you care to explain your UCAS experience and what you did? Um. Yeah. Because I also know that you took a uh, entrance exam as well.
1: Yeah, so um, part of my UCAS experience was pretty similar to him. So, yeah, I only showed my personal statement to my tutor, who is also a maths teacher, which was pretty helpful as I was applying for maths courses. And I also showed it to the UCAS advisor. And yes, I also had this, an entrance exam for the MAT, which if I could go back to, I would definitely start preparation for it much, much earlier. Um, in terms of the content that you put in your personal statement, it's important to have some academic experiences to pin, especially for the top unis like Oxbridge, Imperial, UCL, etc. You can do your experiences such as shadowing a dentist or doctor for careers, such as medicine or dentistry, but for mathematics or finance, because it's more difficult to get experience. But there's a lot you can still do. Online, there are a multitude of free courses you can apply to. And you can talk about it in your personal statement. I applied to two online courses for math. Um, and I talked about both in my personal statement. And that just showed how I'm willing to go beyond the specification at school and research more into the career that I am interested in. And especially right now in the current condition, it's difficult to gain experience outside. So these online courses would be extremely helpful. However, hopefully by the time it is your turn to do things like this, everything will have relaxed a bit so you can go out and actually get experience.
0: Definitely. Lockdown has been so hard on all of us. Um, So Kshama, how did you manage your time during lockdown? And what did you do to keep motivation up? I know everyone right now is um, feeling it quite hard, especially because we are in the second or third lockdown. Um, And it is hard to kind of, you know, move away from online learning than to doing separate work that's that's not required during lessons.
1: Yeah, definitely. Lockdown has uh, been a very big challenge for not just me, but for everybody. And this is the second time we've been thrown into it. So the first lockdown was a little bit more difficult, partly due to no online lessons and also me having lack of routine and motivation. This lockdown, I seem to have learned from the last. So uh, from the start of lockdown, I knew if I didn't get a routine down, I would not be having very productive days. So I created an Excel spreadsheet where I allocated different subjects to each day, and more specifically the topics such as chemistry, A means. This helps break down the task so it's not one big overwhelming list. Additionally, I've been making my notes for subjects prior to when we do them in lessons, as flip learning is a method that really helps me and in the end saves me time as I'm not leaving making my notes too late. I've also tried a new technique where I do my homework on the weekend and do only revision on the weekdays, which allows me to complete all my revision and homework well without anything flashing or me um, getting distracted and not doing
0: something. Uh, so what tricks have you been using, Kim? My tricks are pretty similar to yours, Kashama. I'm not going to lie. Um, Like I said before, I timetable my day to the minute and especially during lockdown, it's so important not to beat yourself up if you're not doing too much work. Obviously, don't do any work. But as long as you're trying to do some, that's still good considering the conditions that we are in. If you're only going to do an hour a day or even an hour a week, at least you're doing something. And over time, your tolerance will build up and then you can slowly start doing more work by each day or week. Um, something that I have recently learned is um, that when you study it's not about your motivation it's about your discipline and how hard you are on yourself to actually go sit down pick up the book and revise or do whatever work that you need to do Um, in a way you're kind of forcing yourself to sit down and do the work I know it may not sound great to force yourself but over time you'll eventually start to sit down and do the work by yourself and you know you'll end up wanting to study because you kind of put yourself in a situation where you're not always doing that, but doing that when you're designated to do your work. So everyone knows it's hard right now to do work, but as long as you're trying to do as much as you can, you know, and you know how much your 100% is, that's all you can do.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so now both myself and Kim are nearing the end of our six-form journey. Now, looking back at our time in 6 form. What advice do you have, Kim, for your younger self and what would you do
0: differently? Um, I agree with what Sharma said earlier about utilising your free periods. I think rather than considering them as free periods, um, consider them as study periods. Because it would actually help me have more free time at the end of the school day because I was doing all my homework in my study periods, And it would make my workload a lot easier for me. Um, I would also say to ask my teachers for help. I always went to my friends in textbooks, which is not necessarily bad, but the teachers are there to help you and they can ex- exactly give you what answer you need. Um, so definitely don't be shy to ask your teacher because they're, they're expecting you to ask them, especially now, you know, they're sitting on the other side of an email. Um, so Kashama, how would you change your A-level experience um, so year 12 and 13 was easier for you?
1: Yeah, I would definitely do everything you've said that would have made my discipline experience so much more easier but I would also like to add that had I made my notes on time at the right time then it would have been helpful during exams as before exams it's practicing questions that would be most helpful so you don't want to be tied up with writing out your notes as that would not be very helpful and I did make that mistake and that resulted in me not getting very good mock grades so now from now on I ensure that my notes are done at the correct time so that I can practice exam questions as much as possible and get the best possible grade.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. Exam questions are so important and that is definitely one advice I would give to everyone out there. So I think that's all we're gonna cover for today. If you have any topic suggestions, please email the topics on capital HBHD at heathen.hounslow.school.uk or you can speak to one of your tutors to pass down the message to Miss Legg. Thank you for listening to this episode and we hope you listen next time. So bye for now.